thanks for joining us on our C3 Edinburgh podcast. We really hope this message inspires and encourages you in your life with Jesus. To find out more about our welcoming and vibrant church community, please check us out online at www.c3edinburgh.com or find us on Instagram or Facebook. Keep in touch and be part of the story. Now enough from me, you've come to hear the podcast and be blessed. The star is clearly Jesus and um, embarrassing I got the wrong brief. I, I um, So they said, can you talk about a star, how a star is born? And so I've gone ahead and written this. <clears throat> it's awkward, I'm so sorry. Stars are born when large gas clouds collapse under gravity. Oh, I'm, so, sorry, I'm so embarrassed. They form hot uh, cores that gather more and more gas and dust until a pro-star is formed. If only... Um, this is a 20-minute thing about this. If only a small amount of gas is around, then only a small star will form. If a large amount of gas is present, then a massive star will form. Still goes, it still goes. This is so embarrassing. Okay, um, let me take it from another... Uh, I'll start a couple of pages in. Okay, so scientists... scientists Scientists uh, uh, believe that perhaps 160 million years ago, somewhere within that large asteroid belt, anyone know their solar system? The asteroid belt is between which planets? Didn't think it would be a test in church on a Christmas service about asteroid belts, but here we go. Between Mars and Jupiter? Asteroid belt? Who got that? Yeah, there we go. So... So, so, so somewhere between Mars and Jupiter, there's this belt of asteroids, and they reckon 160 million years ago, there was a massive collision between two massive as asteroid bodies, like massive, like can you imagine that everything's just spinning, spinning around, spinning around, and then there's this big collision of two massive asteroids, and, and they split into 100 other mass asteroids, which are massive. They're, they're size of mountains uh, are the ones that have fractured off. And just one of those, they reckon, one of those mountain-sized pieces of asteroid after that collision, 160 million years ago, they say, left, uh, had enough momentum to leave that orbit and start heading to a collision course with the planet Earth. That's 160 million years, they reckon. They reckon 66 million years is when that thing finally made it to Earth. So that's a lot of million years just sort of slowly descending, slowly hitting. If this is all the case, it's all slowly heading. It's, it's, we, we can't know for sure. It's just we found a big giant crater uh, in the Gulf of Mexico and we've done timelines back and we've reckoned that it must be then and then the dinosaurs disappeared at some point, didn't they? So, so this, is, this, is, this is the thing. So eventually... Here it's, it, it's coming through. Um, they reckon the asteroid that hit that gulf in the Gulf of Mexico that they, that, that we, that they suppose might have ended the dinosaurs was about 10 metres in, in, in diameter, which is interesting. I've done some, I've done some maths. I've walked around Arthur's seat a couple of times, a little measuring stick. Uh, Arthur's seat is 8.6 miles in diameter. So now you can almost sort of figure of something the size of Arthur's seat hurtled towards the planet and landed in the Gulf of Mexico. Collision course to Earth. So imagine sunrise on that day. Imagine it coming up. The, the scientists have built it to be the Meso, um, Mesozoic era. Um, at that, you can imagine the light coming up in the swamps, uh, the coniferous forests um, of that time up through uh, Mexico's 
um, the Gulf of Mexico with, with warm seas and teeming with, with life and fish. Um, you can imagine these dinosaurs and, and giant insects and, and the noises and that, waking up that morning little knowing that there was an asteroid the size of Arthur's seat, a little bit bigger, hurtling towards the planet that day. It slams into the earth with an explosive yield of what they believe to be something like 100 trillion tons of TNT. I've got more, but pause here. You've never heard anybody talk about the end of the dinosaurs on a Christmas message, have you? For a few fleeting moments, a fireball appears far bigger and brighter than, the sun's, than, than sun, sunlight in the sky. An instant later, as the asteroid has hit, um, it, 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 deep go, it penetrates into the Earth's crust at the depth of several miles, gouging a huge crater that we now see in the Gulf of Mexico of more than 115 miles across, vaporizing thousands of cubic meters of rock. The, the event sets off a chain of global reactions uh, Earth, and global catastrophes that wipe out 80%, they believe, of Earth, uh, including most of the dinosaurs uh, and all those kinds of things. Yet beyond dinosaurs, beyond asteroid belts, beyond planets, beyond stars, beyond the estimations and the equations, beyond time, beyond space, we think 10 years is a long time, so we gulp at the idea of 66 million years, and then we gulp even more at the 160 million years that was presupposed. All these things are massive. 10-mile-wide chunk of rock is massive. And yet, God. John 1, 1 to 5 says, in the beginning, before anything, before asteroid belts, before Jupiter and before Mars and before Earth and before dinosaurs, before anything, before we've, our theories of what could have happened, before anything, there was God. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Before anything, there was God, and with God was the Word. To understand what Christmas is, to really understand what Christmas is, it's more, it's more than maybe what you've thought or suspected or seen in the, in the past and, and seen in the plays, to understand what Christmas is, the first step is to understand that before energy and before matter, before anything that we can see or feel or compute or math, before anything that can be measured or held or understood, God is. And perhaps the second step to understanding Christmas is to carry a picture in your mind of, of the impact that occurred when the Word became flesh and blood and breath and heartbeat and collided with the planet Earth. Watch this. 
The Bible speaks about an event that occurred long ago, somewhere in heaven, in a completely different place than the asteroid belt. So, long ago. And, 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 and the Bible tells us about an event that occurred where there was a massive collision. But it wasn't two big asteroids in an asteroid belt. It was The big collision was between uh, a relationship with God and, and mankind, humankind, who wanted to go their own way. See, God said, I have a plan for you. I have, a, I have an, uh, I've arranged things for you. I've built you in just such a way. I've designed the planet to go and just... I've designed a whole bunch of stuff and it's going to be good for you. But humankind has a way, mankind has a, humankind has a way of saying, well, I kind of want to do it my own way, please. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. There was a collision. And instead of God saying, no, God said, well, if that's what you want. And it sent us all on this stratospheric um, departure from the orbit we were meant for. Like the asteroid separated in space, separated away from the gravity that kept us spinning in the direction that we were designed to, an affinity lost. It was lost, a gap evident and growing, departing further and further from our source. Yet in a moment of collision, uh, in that moment of collision, God also had a plan. In that instant, before any of us were here, God already had a plan. As soon as we moved off, he already had a plan. And it was initiated immediately. As if, you know, if it's 160 million years this asteroid left the asteroid belt and it took that many hundreds of millions of years to finally make it to Earth, there's a gap where you could map its trajectory from the very moment that Adam and Eve said, now nah, God, we're fine, we'll go our own way. God already had a plan of Christmas morning. Fully God was the word was Jesus, was the Word, fully God in heaven from the beginning, laying promises and plans and prophetic words all through the Old Testament. All through the Old Testament, God is saying, hey, I've got a plan. Even from Genesis, even from the very chapters after Adam and Eve said, no, we're going to go our own way, still God even said, you can read about it, He even says, I've got a plan. And then all through the Old Testament, there's words about this someone who's going to come. All through the Old Testament, there's words about this guy who's going to come. He's going to turn everything around. It's the solution. It's the plan. It's coming. He's colliding with you soon. Fully God, laying those things down. And I can imagine even now, because we wouldn't have known, the, the, the gap between the end of the Old Testament, Malachi, and the start of the New Testament is about 400 years. And in that 400 years, there's not a prophet, there's not, a, there's not much going on, God isn't speaking. And, and, and so the people are wondering what's going on, generation after generation, generation after generation. And yet I imagine God knew precisely the day that Jesus was to come. So almost like an asteroid heading for it on its trajectory. So Jesus is saying, is it now? It, it's ready? Are we ready? and then Adam, uh, then Mary, and then Joseph, and then the wise men, and then the shepherds. My point is, long before we have this story, God is on the move. Fully God on his way. Fully God hurtling towards the planet into that moment. And that moment of the impact, in the moment of the impact of that asteroid that time, they say the cataclysmic global impact, massive, instantly. Can I tell you, when Jesus came in the backwaters of, uh, you know, Palestine, around the back where in the Roman Empire where there wasn't otherwise much happening, do you know that people uh, woke up that morning uh, and never even knew Jesus? They w- went through their whole life not knowing there was the Son of God on the planet. In the physical, it would have felt like 
oh, well, another teenage pregnancy out of wedlock, you know, all of this kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, in the spiritual, I reckon, there was such a cacophony of noise as Jesus. And it's in the Word. Everyone kept silent. 400 years, Malachi all the way to Malachi. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, the day that Jesus is born, the angels start tearing up the sky. Like something's happening. Something's happening through spiritual spaces. The Son of God is here. The Son of God is here. That whole voice as you hear is the, the creation in that video. Creation is starting to hear that God is here. God has arrived. God became flesh on that day. God was fully God. Jesus was fully God. And then that day he became fully human. What an existential contradiction. And yet in that existential contradiction, it didn't turn... Like in the movies, it would, the universe would have to stop. That's a contradiction. How can you be fully God and fully human? Everything must break. And yet, the day just kept going. He made it. For the most part, nobody even knew about it, but he'd made it. So imagine sunset on the last day before Jesus came, 2,000 years ago. Imagine the sunlight heading, uh, the sunset heading over the desert in Palestine. Imagine, imagine it heading over in the regional town of Bethlehem. Imagine... Um, you know, it's bustling around there. When you read in the Gospels, you hear that, you hear that it's bustling because the, the, the Roman um, government had said we need to take a census. Who's voting um, on Thursday? That's not like that. I'm not making any political statements. I'm just saying it's good to vote, and then I'm going to move on really quickly. The Roman census was announced, and, um, and so everybody had to go and mark where they were born, and, and so there was a lot of movement. Every hotel was full. Uh, and, and on that last day, um, this is... The consequ- this is what's happening. The region was teeming with humanity, bustling and full. And Jesus, fully God, became fully human. Jesus, the Word of God from the beginning, the light of everything, the life of everything, here. Here. Why? What was God's plan at that moment that I talked about? What was God's plan at that moment? Right at that collision, Way back at Adam, he had a plan, and he followed it all the way through the Old Testament, and now Jesus is here. What was the plan of Christmas? The plan was this. Isaiah 53, 6. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you, because I can't say it in any way better than our Word of God can. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All of us, like sheep, have gone straight away, and we have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. We collided, we went our own way, but God had a plan. Romans 5.8, God showed his great love for you and me by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That shakes me up every time because it it reminds me that usually I only feel warm towards someone when they're warm towards me. And I'm certainly not feeling warm towards someone in the middle of a fight. But in our most heated rejection of God, still he sent his son, and still his son was willing. Even, by the way, if you have no inclination of following him, still he laid down his life. What reckless love is this? John 3.16, For this is how God loved this world, He gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. See, my friend, the key to to Christmas is is to understand that man collided with God in an effort to go our own way. 
Humanity collided with God in an effort to go our own way, and it broke us. But now God collides with man in an effort to bring us back. Inasmuch as every human is broken, so God brings wholeness to every human. And even if you choose not to believe it, Jesus did this for you with zero regret. And even if you choose not to accept it, the Father sent his Son to you with zero regret. And even if you hate him, or even if you don't trust him, or even if you're offended at him, still he reaches out to you. This is, this is a deeper understanding of Christmas. When all God became man for us. Emmanuel, God with us. Okay, I'm going to bring back the star. Remember at the beginning when I had a star definition? I said stars were born when large clouds of gas uh, collapse under gravity. They form hot cores that gather more and more gas and dust until a pro-star is formed. And if only a small amount of gas is around, then only a small star will form. But if a large amount of gas is around, then a massive star will form. So, <laughs> I look, that's just, you can, if you, don't do it now, you, you're listening to me, but, but if you got out your phone and you Googled how a star is made, that's the top bit. That's, that's the one. I, I totally just copied and pasted it. But can I share with you something? There's something about what Jesus has done for you and I, even in that. You see, because when you look through a telescope, I live near the observatory. I've never, I've not gone in there and looked at a telescope, but just pretend I have. If you looked at a telescope, right into the depths of outside the Milky Way, right outside of the galaxy, if you could, I, I, I challenge you, look through any telescope you want and count how many forms of gas you see. I'll tell you how many. You won't see any because you can't see it. You see the star. You can count the stars. You won't see the form bodies of gas that eventually form the stars. That's, you don't see it. And see, the problem with brokenness, the problem with sin, the problem with, with, with the junk that you carry, the problem with the regret and the guilt and the shame, the problem with the, the mistakes that you've made that you can't shake off, the problem with the habits that you can't get rid of, the problem with all of that stuff is most people won't see it in you. Most people will just, no, nah, you're all, you're fine. But sometimes you can go weeks or months without seeing it yourself. But it's there. Ugh. And we try all kinds of things to try and get rid of it. We try all kinds of things, but, but you know the only thing with the, the... I mean, we try to perform, don't we? We try, and, we try and, I've got all this junk and it keeps me up at night. I've got all this anxiety. It keeps me, like, I can't settle. So what I should do is I'll work harder. I'll be a better person when I'm in the mood at all. I'll, I'll be a, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll exercise more. I'll um, start serving because what, I'll, I'll, I'll get that career move and then I'll, I'll eventually become the billionaire and then I'll find it, whatever the it is. And all those kinds of little things have a bit of gravity, I guess. They have a bit of a pull. They have a bit of something. For a while, they silence something. 
but they don't have enough gravity to grab all that gas and bring it in, all that junk, all that. They don't have enough anything. There's one thing, there's one thing with the gravity that can pull and do something, collapse. What was the word? When large glass, gas clouds collapse under gravity, collapse under gravity, my sin, my junk, my issue, my, the stuff I go through um, has one solution. Only one thing has the gravity to collapse all of this. And that's what Jesus did for me. When Jesus was born in a manger, he, he lived a perfect life, he, he, he paid a sinner's death, he did so for me. And then he didn't stay on the ground. Here's the wonderful thing. He rose again. And he's alive today. All this, all this stuff, all these gatherings, the, the presence of God that we, we experience when we gather together as a church, it's, the, it's God. And only, only what he has done has the gravity required to take all of this unseen stuff that I go through and cause a collapse of it all. But that's not even the best news. The best news is this. It, he doesn't collapse it to nothing. Rather, he, he, he creates something with it. And the Bible tells us that there's this thing that you've heard maybe before uh, Christians say when they say they're born again. And it's like a new heart starts on the inside of you. And how incredible is it that the universe shows us this time and time again in the formation of every star? Someone says, oh, I've, you, you don't know me, Nathan. You don't know how much junk I've done. Well, the lesson from the stars is the more junk you've done, the more gas around, the more greater the star when Jesus gets to it. When you get born again, it's like Jesus collapses all of that junk. He spins it around and creates something beautiful. That's a star. That's being born again in him. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And the Bible also says that when you have him in your life, you become salt and you become light to the people around you. A hundred billion stars all around us. I'm going to need the band to come up and help me finish um, the message. And let me tell you, I'm doing pretty well so I'm going to need the kids to be ready. Not used to so many band people coming up. It's amazing. This Christmas, I guess my challenge to us all is to think differently about your Christmas. Christmas is wonderful. I've just got you had to put your hands up and 95% of everybody here shot their hands up and some of you didn't even, went that keen but thought oh, everyone else is so I'll put my hand up too. Let's think about Christmas a little bit differently this year. Let's not let it be the, the, the wonderful climactic end to a year that we're both looking forward to and then getting stressed out about. Let's, let's take a pause and remember the, the, the story behind the story the path that God took from the very beginning of time to make his way, to collide, not into the, just humanity, but to collide into your life as well, to change your life as well, to take all of the junk that you've ever carried, that you've ever stepped into, and make it all collapse and create something beautiful out of. 
And maybe you're going through things even now. But good news to you, my friend, is he's at work in you, creating something beautiful. I'm going to close this service in just a moment. I'm just about to ask you a question about where your heart is at with Jesus. I'm about to do that. But I'm mindful just as I do and just as people get sorted downstairs as little kids are about to come up and make a a wonderful, wonderful noise. Um, I'm mindful that Christmas, as much as it's a wonderful time, is a busy time. And so I'm not sure uh, there's a bunch of us who have been engaging with this this week, but as a church, we're doing an Advent devotional series. Uh, And if you, this week it's been on Facebook, on the Facebook C3 Edinburgh page. It's about to also go live on Instagram and on the website. But there's a daily devotional. As a part of your Christmas, I want to ask you to reflect on just what Jesus has done in your world, the impact that he's looking to make in your world. And I'm also inviting you to... Um, join on this devotional series. Every day, take some time away from your busy day. Get outside, go for a walk in the park, around the meadows, go to the braids, go up half a seat and spend some time with God. See what that does to your life, man. All right, would you close your eyes? Let's finish this service with some prayer. Father God, we we want to acknowledge you even in this place, even in every heart and on every heart. Father God, because even when we chose our own paths and chose our own ways and and departed from from the orbit that you designed for us to live in, God, even still you didn't give up on us. Even still you searched us out. And even today you search us out that you could bring us home to a relationship with you. Father God, I thank you for the heart of Christmas, that God became man and dwelt among us. I thank you for the heart of Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. I thank you for the heart of Christmas, that you had a plan and you have a plan. I thank you for the heart of Christmas. You've not left us or left us or forsaken us, but you have come alongside of us 